Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Hello and welcome to this new podcast from Neozaz Productions. My name is Eric Moore and joining me for each episode is my good friend Ian Marchant. Hello. Hello. Right. Um, to anyone who's crossed over from our other two shows, um, hello and good to see you here. Welcome. But yes. What? Welcome. Oh, I thought you said something else. <laughs> Whoa, what did, you, what did you think I said? I can't say, but it began oh, okay. with W. Oh, right, yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you, know. you talked under me, and it sounded, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It, this has got off to a good start, yeah, hasn't yeah, so it? Yeah, immediately in got less, into the gutter, yeah. Less than a minute, we're in the yeah. gutter, yeah. Um, yes, um, I was going to say, if you don't know, as a bit of an introduction, I think we've just intru- introduced ourselves and summed ourselves up quite well there. Yes, yeah. This yeah, is not going to be a professional production. No, innuendo and mishearing, that's what it's yes. going to be. You're right. So, anyway, yeah, my name's yes. Eric. Hello. I'm the host of the Special Effects Podcast, Effectively Speaking, where Ian regularly co-hosts uh, with me. Um, right now, uh, we are co-hosts also of the Blake Seven in Character Podcast, which is in well, the process. For one of, more week, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have one more recording to do, and, and then it's over. Yes, and, and we've, um, we've done a hundred of those. It w- that will be our hundredth, and yeah. we've recorded every week for virtually... Um, two years yeah pretty much pretty much isn't it? pretty much yeah and we both enjoyed um doing it haven't we we did yeah it's been uh, it's been a labor of love yes um but it has enabled us to view blake seven in in a different light hasn't it i think it's heightened our appreciation of it we have said it many yeah. many times when you're actually watching it with a view to talking talking about it later on you do yeah. see things in a different way don't you i think so yeah you notice more details you notice i mean unfortunately you also notice more plot holes mm. um but yeah you do watch it watch it slightly differently than you would if you just you know because normally stuff like this you put it on you're doing something else you might be doing a bit of modeling you know something like that you uh i, I mean we're both modelers we're not both models no we're not male models in a photo of us no no, no we're, we're male, but we're not stuff. male models. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> true. Um, yeah, so you, I think you tend to you tend to pay more attention to it, um, especially. I mean, like we sometimes we'll watch it two or three times, won't we, to to get details down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you watch it more than me because you have to do the story. Um, yes. But uh, I mean, luckily, you know, Doctor Who is slightly different than Blake Seven in that I'm pretty well versed in it mm. it's, it's it's probably the program i know the best mm. of any tv show classic who i'm talking about yes you know. yes I've, well, I've seen every well, new who but well I've that's really all some yeah. sometime in the future yes, yeah yes. yeah because originally we blake seven in character was coming to an end and we were looking yep. to about doing another in character um and we've just started uh first one's out second one's coming out hopefully at the end of the week mad max in character yes which yes. is very much the same format that we did blake seven in character and over at neo's as 
watch Star Wars in character, Indiana Jones in character. So if you yes, want to check seems, any of those out. Yeah, it seems to work quite well as a format, doesn't it? So It does, it does. And we really, we owe this show to you, Ian. So I'm blaming you if, if, if this all falls apart. Yes. Because yeah. we were just going to stick with... Uh, Mad Max in character but it was you who said look over the two years we've picked up quite a a following so a collection of listeners yeah listeners we, a loose yeah, collection yeah. of listeners uh, on the podcast and on the Facebook page etc yes. etc and, uh, and it was you who said some people you know most probably are fans of Mad Max we really enjoyed doing Blake 7 and anyone who's listened to Mad Max in character, I'm sorry, Blake Seven in character will know, you know, pretty much every episode we ever do. We mentioned yes. Doctor Who at some point. We do, and, yes. And, uh, and it was you who said, look, um, and I think you said this in an episode long, long time ago. You said, I don't think I've ever met a Doctor Who fan that doesn't like Blake Seven or a Blake Seven fan that doesn't like Doctor Who. Yeah, I think as a Venn diagram, it's, there's quite a crossover, isn't there, in the two fandoms. Um, I think if you... Usually, if you've watched, especially if you grew up watching Blake Seven, you also grew up watching Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. And I think vice versa. Um, well, well, to a degree, because a degree, I, yeah. s- s- speaking personally, I, that's when I jumped ship with Doctor yeah. Who was when Blake Seven came out because the Doctor Who of you know the seventy eight seventy nine was getting quite silly for yes. me, and yeah. and Blake Seven when it starts is much more serious, you know. Yeah. science fiction so that's when I kind of like went off of Doctor Who and focused more on this new show yeah I think I was sort of the same as you I I gave up on Doctor Who uh, and it was I could tell you the, the story it was Nightmare of Eden and mm. I at that I thought oh god this is just so stupid and I went over and watched um, Buck Rogers in the 25th century um, and I didn't go back to Doctor Who until uh Peter Davison started. I think it's a, it's, it's a common seems to be a common story that with fans, um, because yeah, it, it was just getting increasingly silly. Um, I've since gone back and, and seen all the ones I missed, uh, and they did tone down the silliness in Tom Baker's last season to the point mm. where he he seemed absolutely uh, sort of peed off with the whole thing. Um, but it did, and yeah, unfortunately, it did get incredibly silly. Now you would sort of you can appreciate it now as sort of almost camp, mm. but at a time, and we've 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 said this on Blake Seven that when when it's the current Doctor Who, you feel very passionate about it, and then when you when that era's gone and you go back to it, you're much more forgiving mm. of 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 that era, so you can appreciate different things. Like I remember at the time, I really wasn't a fan of Sylvester McCoy's, and I'm still it's still my least favourite era of classic Who. But I can appreciate what they were doing now much more mm. than I could at the time. When you're yeah, sat there we, with your family watching it and it's embarrassing. Yes, yeah, you're embarrassed yeah. for the show. It's nothing to do with yeah. you, but you're yeah. still embarrassed for it. Yeah, yeah, because you're so associated with it. You know, yes, most most families have a Doctor Who fan, and that's the kid that's most associated with it. You know, they get you Doctor Who stuff for Christmas, and everyone knows that you like Doctor Who. So if Doctor Who's sort of silly and a bit a bit embarrassing. You take it personally. It's you that's silly and embarrassing. You've just reminded me, when I was at college, and this was 78, 79, around about that time, there was a guy called Tom, yeah. and he was a massive Star Trek fan, 
right? Yep. And he, he absolutely hated Doctor Who. And I, I used to dread Mondays because he just had more ammunition um, yeah. for the argument that Star Trek is better than Doctor Who. Did you see it on Saturday night then? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there um, was a yeah there was a time when when there was only uh, original series. You know when there was only Star Trek and there was one mm. version of it. You know yep. Kirk and Spock. It was viewed as that was a much more serious, much more adult show than Doctor Who. You know, Especially there's always in the, 78, yeah. 79. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Who was never made by the children's department, but it was clearly aimed at the sort of early teenager to latter teenager with parents watching as well. Whereas Star Trek was obviously aimed at adults. Mm. You know, I mean, it, you watch it now and, yeah, it's. It's, some of them are pretty laughable, but the subjects they were you know hitting were always seen as much more serious. And yeah, there wasn't that embarrassment. If you said I'm a Star Trek fan to anyone, they'd go, "Oh yeah, okay." If you said I'm a Doctor Who fan, it was like, "Oh, where's your scarf?" Yeah, yeah, yeah that's how it was a, then. Yeah, it was, yeah, it yeah. Was, and that's why I, I I left it. I I think I left it at State of Decay. I think that was oh, the right. story. That was the last one where I actually quite enjoyed it. And then yeah. after it, I, I was getting more and more. It's similar to the feeling we had when we were watching season four, Blake Seven. You're just going, yes. oh, yeah. what, what, what? You want the glory days back, you know? You do, and I know it's difficult because because sometimes it's not a program that changes; it's you that changes because you're not a kid anymore. You're not the teenagers anymore. But I think you can go back and you can you can uh, assess these programs now much more much more sort of accurately and freely. And yeah, there's no there's no doubt in it. At times, Doctor Who was bloody silly. <laughs> We've just done the Blake episode of Blake yes. Seven in character, and we were saying that it, it's hard to compare Blake Seven to Doctor Who because for for you and I, you know, Doctor Who has always been in our life. Yes, yeah. You know, um, can can you think of a time when there wasn't Doctor Who? Can you think no. of what, what 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 is your earliest memory of my, anything to do with Doctor Who? My earliest memory is uh, the Sea Devils. And Originally, also, or yeah. the repeat, because that the, was repeated repeat. a few times. Yeah, that wasn't was it? the that was the repeat that was like I think there was a cricket game rained off, and they showed it one Saturday. Or and I remember we were on holiday, um, but my one I can remember that was actually the broad sort of earliest broadcast episode I can remember is um, the Green Death, uh, the John right. Pertwee one, and from that point on, I can sort of remember watching it. Every every Saturday, my dad was a huge sci-fi fan. He loved Doctor Who, and we used to watch. You'd, you'd rush home on a Saturday, watch the the football results in the news, and then straight into Doctor Who, the tunnel effect. And it was you, and I watched it solidly from that point on, right up till, like, say, Nightmare of Eden. Um, mm. And then when I came back to it, it was weirdly Monday and Tuesday, and then Tuesday and Wednesday nights, uh, which I think sort of didn't help it a lot. Didn't no. help it a lot, um, but yeah, it was a. We grew up with it, and like say that. So what? what how old would I have been? I would have probably been at five. Yeah, because four or five. Death is seventy-three. Seventy-three. Yeah. So I would have been. Yeah. I would have been. Yeah, I would have been five. Right. Um, so pretty much one of my earliest TV sort of television memories. memories that I can remember is yeah, Doctor Who. Is Doctor yeah. Who? Yeah. See, thinking back on TV, on the TV side of it, yeah. I yeah, I can remember Sea Devils, and I can remember 
one or both of the Peladon tales, but I know that right. they were repeated as well. So I'm, yes, I'm yeah. not sure if that's a, an accurate one. The, the, the memory that I do have from my childhood of actually watching it is Planet of the Spiders. Yeah. And I remember that distinctly because in the, um, in the playground at school, all the school kids were doing that on body, body, boom. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the Buddhist chant. Yeah, the Buddhist chant thing. Oh man, he pat me up. Yeah. Oh man, he pat me up. Yes. And my, my I, one of my early, earliest emotional memories I have is the regeneration of John Pertwee yes. into Tom Baker, and just being appalled. Yeah, yeah. At I, what yeah. Tom Baker looked like, you well, know. I can, I can remember because because weirdly it's like we knew who regenerations are like huge flashy affairs but back in our day it was a crossfade if if you were yep. lucky and yeah i can remember i loved planet spiders but i was also i, I was a bit of a, an arachnophobic when it, i mean right up to a few years ago um so it it scared me silly planet spiders because yeah but spiders, did the show instill the arachnophobia in well you? that's what i don't yeah it could be yeah it could be which one came first the arachnophobia or the spiders. Have you mentioned this yeah. to Matt Irvin? Because he made Boris the no, spider, No, I should have to he? mention it to him, yeah. yeah I'll punch him it. on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> You've ruined my childhood. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I can remember the regeneration. And I, I was sort of devastated because I loved John Pertwee. And it was like, oh, 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 what's happening? Mm. Yeah. I was thinking about this uh, the other day. And I was thinking, well, hang on, how, how, how can I have memories of Doctor Who? Because... I've said before on the Blake Seven show that my mum, I'm very jealous of your family because my mum didn't have anything to do with science fiction. It, the, the, the barest whiff of anything imaginative or really? you know, fantasy. Yeah. She wouldn't have the Avengers on or anything wow. like that. She'd watch The Saint but not the Avengers. She wouldn't have Randall and Hopkirk on and things like this. But I do remember Doctor Who and I was thinking, well, how come I can remember this? And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Saturdays, like... 20 past yeah. 5 my mum's in the kitchen uh-huh. she's cooking the dinner so that's how I come I think I can remember Doctor Who it's how come I can remember Tomorrow People and things like that because yeah. that was tea time she's making the tea and I had the TV to myself I thought you were going to say she let you watch that because it was like the unit years and so it was a bit more grounded but uh, no what, so like what that. was her what was her rationale behind not did she she She's didn't never, like it so you shouldn't like it or did yeah you and we had t- and we had one tv set yeah. and you know that's how come i know yeah. all about you know within these walls and you know yeah. <laughs> and crossroads and stuff yeah. like that because like you've only got one divided, tv yes yeah yeah and it weird though that thinking back where a household will have one tv you just got one tv three channels and, one yeah. tv yep. and if the weather's rotten you're yeah. staying in. I've always said that a lot of my, you know, interest in history and a lot of what I learned about history when I was young wasn't through reading books or school. It was watching the westerns on a rainy yeah. Sunday afternoon, yeah. or, or or the Vikings, learning about yes. the Vikings yeah. because Kirk Douglas and Tony Curtis, you know, running around and stuff like that. But my other memory, and this is a very very vague memory, so I think it's earlier than than like say Planet of the Spiders, is I must have got hold of some TV 21 comics or something. Oh, and yes. reading the, the Doctor Who comics. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I can remember, it might have been an annual or something, and I can remember studying, it, it's got to be an annual or a comic, because it wasn't photos of Patrick Troughton, it was line drawings of Patrick Troughton, and thinking, that's not the Doctor, you know? Yeah. Why, why, why does this person... I wonder, if it, yeah, Bob, I wonder Bob, if it was a, one of the... World Distributors Annuals. I don't perhaps. know. Yeah. I, I can just remember very scratchy yeah. black and white drawings with his stovepipe yeah. hat on. Yeah, it's, pro- it's probably the 
the first uh, Troughton annual. I have to track that down yeah. then and, and, and buy it on eBay and have a read and see if any of the images come flooding back to me. That would be yeah. an interesting little take. I'll have to take some photos of because i got all the annuals, so I'll have to take a photo. And, uh, oh, yeah, please see do. See if any of them yeah. come sort of remind yeah. you. Isn't it weird that it's also, yeah, the, the ephemera and the, the merchandise that I, I remember as well probably more vividly than the program for the very early years, which I think you remember like the... Um, the Nestle chocolate bars where you collected the wrappers and each one would be yes. an episode oh, yes. for, for John Pertry and then they did a Tom Baker one. And, the t- of course, the Target novelizations. I mean, I, I almost learned to read. I mean, I suppose a lot of fans sort of say this, that Terence Sticks taught them to read. But, yeah, I I remember that I think the first first novelization I've read was The uh, the Daleks, which mm-hmm. was the David Whitaker, which I still think is, is just a superb novel in its own right. Um, and then... That's what sort of led me to go, oh, this, this Doctor Who's different. And then I sort of rationalised it, thinking, oh, he's a white-haired old man. That's John Pertwee. Ah. Yeah. And then I got a Patrick Troughton one, and it must have been, I don't know, the, um, the Web of Fear or something like that. And this is when it was like, oh, hang on, there's more than one. Mm. And then, of course, there's the, the classic, um, uh, got hold of a copy of the classic uh, Radio Time special. Yes, and that was the eye opener because it was like that listed all the stories, and I couldn't believe that the, the, <laughs> the program had this richer history. Mm. And you know, and that was 1973. <laughs> it's like hitting a gold yeah. mine, oh, isn't it, just, it for you? It was just amazing. When the um, when Target Books brought out their program guide, and I can remember so vividly, uh, we went into Smiths and picked it up, and then we went round um, Sainsbury's to do the shopping, which was always interminable. Um, and I was reading this, and I was reading these mesmerizing little mm. snippets of, of stories like Tomb of the Sidemen and that. And it was like, you, I, I was almost salivating. I wish I could see this. And of course, we couldn't. No. That's the other thing. Growing up in the UK, unlike, say, growing up in, in America or Australia, we had bugger all repeats. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, we had, we, we had a Dalek Death Ray lolly, but oh, nothing yeah, on the that. TV. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, before we move on and we start talking about our uh, first subject, yes. um, I think by the time we, you know, featured and, and discussed something from the Thirteenth Doctor, I think that's the time to just reveal all about our preferences of the Doctors. But just yeah. to kick this off, have you got a top three? I think so. I mean, so the, the latter half of my Doctor list always fluctuates depending on who I've watched most recently. But my my third favourite Doctor is, is Doctor Three, John Pertwee mm-hmm. and that was because that was the Doctor I grew up with my second favourite is Colin Baker, which I know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like but I, I, I think his stories are weak but his portrayal of the Doctor I adore I think mm-hmm. I love that sarcastic thing and Colin Baker is such a lovely fella um, and then my favourite Doctor is the Doctor we're talking about today, which is William Hartnell. Mm-hmm. And ever since I saw uh, the first William Hartnell story that I saw, which was uh, An Unearthly Child, and that was on the Five Faces of Doctor Who uh, repeat season that uh, J&T got the BBC to show. And it was like, I was mesmerised by this person. And as they released the VHSs, I just fell in love with Hartnell's portrayal, mm-hmm. I think. I think the guy. I mean, I know, I know. In real life, he he, he wouldn't have been classed as the most PC person now, mm. um, but I think he did an absolutely amazing job. He is Doctor Who. I, I wonder. Think. I wonder if it is a thing of you know, 
Um, I'm being if you are eaten by my cat. <laughs> she's <laughs> biting my arm off. Stop it. She's the master. Because I mentioned, as soon as I mentioned Colin Baker, she's having a go at me. <laughs> I do wonder if it's a thing. If if you are a fan of Doctor Who, the yep. adage of your favourite Doctor is the one you first were exposed to doesn't hold true. No, I think that's a. I think that's an old. Uh, I think it is myth. for a general yeah. viewer. I think yeah. it is for a general viewer. I mean, my 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 son um, first watched brand new ones and was really first aware of it um, with um, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. And that is his favourite. Even now he's yeah. 20, Christopher Eccleston is his favourite. Our eldest daughter, her favourite is David Tennant because that's when she first started watching. Even though yeah. my son loves classic era Doctor Who, yeah. for him, the very first one he ever saw was, you know... Uh, Christopher Eccleston, therefore that person, but he's not a fan like we're a fan. No, I, yeah, I think that's perhaps that's right. That that uh, an average viewer it definitely is. I think that your first Doctor is your first love, isn't it? Is mm. that's the one you associate with it? I think fans with access to all the other stories, I think possibly, yeah, that that can change. I certainly in my case it has. I mean, I've, I'll always have a soft spot for John Pertwee. He, you know. He is he is my childhood doctor, but mm. from a from an enjoyment point of view, yeah, I William Hartnell definitely mm. supersedes that. I always if I if I'm feeling low and I want to cheer myself up, I always go to uh, a Doctor Who story. Usually, this one we're going to talk about, um, and also what I, I I've realised we we've been referring throughout to the character as Doctor Who because that's who it bloody is yes <laughs> I hate I really know him you know it's not, it's not Doctor Who it's Doctor you know um, bollocks piss off go and read every credit look at the opening uh, the closing credits yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's Doctor Who if, if you're if you're not British then you you probably don't realise that everyone the producers the actors the newspapers all the people that watched it everyone refers to the character as Doctor Who Mm. You know, and the program has as well. So yeah, so I yeah. think yeah, don't don't. I mean, by all means, comment and say, I think you're pronounce. You know, you're calling the character wrong. But yeah, go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm very much like what you were saying there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, John Pertwee was my yeah. childhood doctor. Um, but I'm I, I remember Toya Wilcox on one of those. You know. Oh yes, documentaries. the uh, more than thirty years in the time. Yeah, and and she was saying she was mortified that yeah. you know that John Pertwee was going away, but she said after two or three stories, yeah. it's a case of John Who <laughs> and Tom became her yeah. favourite. And I think that's true. I mean, I can certainly remember going out in the street when um, uh, Face of Evil, not Face of Evil, uh, Planet of Evil was on, and and me and my mates playing, you know, Doc, Professor Sorensen turning into the creature i can remember playing that in the streets and revenge of cybermen going about with our backpacks on pretending they're cyber bombs mm. so yeah I, I, very quickly yeah i became a tom baker fan yeah and and, yeah. and he has stayed there he, he's yes. been my number one yeah. uh, ever since i um, i would agree early tom baker i think up up to sort of probably the keys of time uh i would say yeah tom baker was superb but i think I think he stayed a bit too long. He he, he did he, he did stay a bit too long. But there is just yeah. something about Tom oh, Baker. The, there is just something about the, him. We were just the man's saying got presence. Yeah. Yeah. What were we? Oh, we were talking again on the Blake episode on Blake Seven in character about you know our lips tremble 
you know, um, yeah. when something heroic happens. Do you remember yes, what I was yeah. saying? Yeah, that? yeah, definitely. Yeah. The it's, very next night. That, yeah, the very next night, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting through the more current Doctor Who's on yes. Netflix because I can do that and it's not costing me anything. And I'm, I'm going through the Matt Smith ones, right? Oh, right yeah. And, and I got to that one where you've got David Tennant in it, you've got, you know, John yes. Hurt in it. Day and the Doctor, yeah. Yeah, Day of the Doctor. And at the very end, you've got Tom as the cu- curator. Yeah, the curator. You hear and his voice. It, it was first, his voice. Yeah. That set me off. Yeah. I actually had tears in my eyes, you know, because it's Tom. Well, I, I, yeah, Tom, I mean, I can remember I was really lucky because when they launched Doctor Who Weekly, um, the teachers would, came around the class one day and said, Doctor Who's at the front door. And it was like, well, so we all traipsed <laughs> out. Tom Baker's there. Giving out no. copies, yeah, giving out copies of the weekly, and it was, it was. I mean, I, I, sadly, I never kept the copy he gave me, um, but yeah, he was giving it out, and it was like, good lord, yeah, it was just mesmerising to see this larger than life figure. And anyone that's met was he Tom in Baker, costume? He was in costume, um, was he? I, th- I, he was in. I think he was in like a uh, a long coat, but it wasn't the coat. You know, he right. wasn't. He wasn't in the Doctor Who costume, um, but he. The way he talks, he is the doctor. Oh, you know, he is a very, very strange man in real life, but he is the doctor, and it was just mesmerising. And yeah, there's something about the man mm. that is awe-inspiring, and in in the in the actual literal sense of it, he does inspire awe in people. I think. Have I ever told you about the tale of the very first time I met him? No, I don't think so. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, I promise yeah. we will talk about Vord soon. Yeah. Um, no, last, I... last three minutes of the show. Yeah, no, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I used to live in a village down in the Weald of Kent, right. Okay, this tiny little village, and so did he, um, um, not too far away. And I, I was going home one day, and I was going through the nearest big village called yeah. Headcorn, right? And I'm driving down the high street and I spy him going into the off-license, right? And it's like, oh, no, this is too good a, yeah. a chance to pass up. So I pull over to the side of the road, go in, there he is, he's in the wine section, and uh, I went up to him and he had his back turned to me and I went, excuse me, uh, Mr. Baker, and he turned round and I can't remember what question I, I had thought yeah. something up oh he won't have heard this before this will be witty and he turned round and this must have been in about I don't know 89 something oh, like that 90 far, well after he finished yeah well after yeah. he finished but he turned round and suddenly you know, <laughs> that's not Tom Baker that's my doctor yeah. from my childhood yeah. and I'm 12 again and I just crumbled <laughs> mentally he just, he just smiles and beams and that's it isn't it it's like yeah. that's the end of it yeah and I I, I, I blurted out something because I, I again in my head it's like don't be obvious Eric, yeah. say something something and I said that thing you're on on TV right now and he was in some sort of like hospital drama oh, on medics, ITV. Wasn't it? Medics. medics or something. Yeah. yeah, I said, that thing you're on TV at the moment, it's, it's not very good, is it? <laughs> you know, because I, I, I just wanted to yeah. say something, yeah. you know, that wouldn't be fawning and, and obvious and well, sycophantic. No, yeah, just insult the poor fella. <laughs> and he just said something, oh, it pays the bills, dear boy, it pays the bills. And that was it. You know? Yeah. Aww. But it was the way he turned round and suddenly I, yeah. I, I, I shrank. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and he was I in think, this village. Yeah. I mean, years later, he had put in a in a in an interview how he lived next door to the church, and he had yeah. bought this 
gravestone oh, yes, which I said remember, Tom yeah. Baker, yeah, and and he had ground off the dates, and that yeah. when he died, that's where he's going to be there. And me and my friend Giles, we went along there one day, and we had our photo taken with his gravestone, <laughs> which was right next to his house, and we were just standing at the gate yeah. to his house, looking up to see if he might look out the window and say hello. Would you like to come in? But of course, that didn't happen. We look, we we must have looked like right nutters. It's got to be a weird life for someone, isn't it? That's been in Doctor Who. And I'm sure we weren't the first Doctor Who fans to wander no, along I, and find I, his I gravestone. You know, no. <laughs> he's gone from there now. I mean, he sold it to Vic Reeves. Vic Reeves oh, then really? bought that house. Yeah. Hmm. See, I'd be all right. I'd, I'd be uh, waving in Vic Reeves' window and. Yes, yeah, well, well, you're ever down in Kent, I can take yeah, you along yeah. there, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that went right off on tangent. Number one is, yeah, number four for me, Tom oh, Bacon. Yeah, yeah, also, just to remind people, we go off on tangents. We oh. do, massively. We, 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 we t- try and stay kind of relevant. Yes. We were kind of relevant there, weren't we? It was vaguely about Doctor Who, yeah? It was vaguely about Doctor Who. So, yeah, let's try and get back on track. Yep. Number one is number four. Yep. Number two is number three my childhood one yes. and num- n- number three is the second doctor oh patty pat trout for, for me and yeah. they are set in stone nothing yeah, has happened nothing. since I, I i don't alter them around they, do you think th- anyone could what uh, after jody um yeah, i don't jody know Doc- doctor who now yeah. is is so different and what we were saying on blade seven you've got us, so much it? yeah. it's not made for us and we've got so much emotional baggage that's why yeah. i can't get invested in the new star wars films i could be entertained True, by yeah. them but i don't have decades and decades of re-watching and thinking about it and 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 being young again by watching yeah. the very yeah, first I, star wars i would i i really enjoy new star wars films i would love to meet daisy ridley or you know any of the cast but it wouldn't yeah, be the same listening. as me. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, yeah, you want to come on. Um, I, it wouldn't be the same as meeting Harrison Ford, would it? No. And it wouldn't no, be the same as meeting Mark Hamill. You know? No, no. Yeah. All right. So, right. Let's let let's crack on. We are we're, yeah. we're half an hour in. Half an um, hour in, and we haven't even mentioned it. Yeah. So Blake Seven in character. What we've done is is. Yep. One by one, we've gone through the guest characters and occasionally the main characters. Um, um, the format of this show is going to be similar. Of what yeah. we're going to do each episode, we're going to take turns in selecting an adversary that's either unique or mainly associated associated with a specific doctor. Yeah. Um, and we're going through the doctors one by one. And when we've done the thirteenth, we're going to do like a special on one of the bigger adversaries. Reset, start all over again. Yes. And uh, and so that's um, the plan. Anyway. That is the plan. That is the plan. So, so you've got the first Doctor. I'll have the second Doctor. Um, yes. And, and we'll go on like that this first time round. And so, yeah. And we each choose an adversary, but don't tell the other one. Yes. Until the end of each show. All right. Because oh, at the moment you yeah. don't know who's going to be I don't the trout one. Do you? I mean, no, the, good, you don't. the good thing is I've got all of them on on disc so right, whatever one right. you pick you're yeah you're, you're not worried yeah. unless it's you? one of the ones that's missing and then we're buggered and we're, yes um, we have to I go don't, listen to. i don't know <laughs> if we can effectively do that can no we? i don't know i i mean soundtracks are available no let's let's keep it to ones we can actually watch i, th- I think okay. so i mean like the macro terror's out and i was thinking yes. about well do we do the macro terror but, but then you're judging it on the standard of the yeah. animation yeah, as well not, as the audio it's not really fair is it i don't think no, not know. even if you use the screen captures yeah. and, and all Pro- those still yeah. things. I'm proud. If anyone is listening to this, and, and you, I'm, we'll have a Facebook page for it, uh, come and join and tell us what, whether you want us to cover the 
Yeah, yeah. The animated got, ones. Yeah. yeah, you've got plenty of time before we next get back round to uh, yes. Doctor Number Two. So yes, this was well. your choice, and I said, yes. okay, you, you've got Doctor Number One, and uh, straight away, no hesitation. Yeah, no hesitation. This is um, this is probably my favourite uh, William Hunt oh, <coughs> first Doctor story. Sorry, my throat just went there. Um, and it's uh, Keys of Marinus, which is probably a strange choice for many people because it's not it's not a particularly well-regarded uh, William Hartnell one. Um, but but this is my go-to. So if I, if I ever feel down and want to watch a, a William Hartnell, I'll pop in Keys of Marinus. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've watched it... I oh, How many times? I reckon about 30 times I've watched it. Blimey. Which is madness, really, isn't it? It's, 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 it's silly. It um, is for one yeah. of the lesser-known yeah, ones, isn't yeah. it? I really enjoy mm. it. There's some, something comforts me, I think. And I, I wonder, because this is almost pure Uncle Terry potboiler scripting, isn't it? We, 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 like I say, we've just come off Blake 7, where Terry Nation obviously created it and, and wrote a lot of the episodes. And we, we were constantly racking up what we called the Terry tropes, which was... Terry so ter- yep. Terry was very much a, a recycle man. I mean, he was, he was uh, into protecting the planet, and he recycled all his ideas, didn't he? Um, yeah. And this is almost uh, this is almost all of Terry's ideas in one script. Mm. There's lots and lots of familiar stuff in it. So I think it's like a comfort blanket. I, I think it's also it's it's most of the Hartner ones. I read the Target book, the novelization before seeing the show, and Keys of Marinus was a particularly nice book. And some of the action sequences in it are not as they appear on television. This oh, is you not, could have yeah. done a dramatic reading tonight. Yeah, I, could, yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> the, the ice soldiers, you know, the, 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 the Knights yep. of Knee. They, um, <laughs> in the book, they're amazing. I so wanted to see that sequence where they're in a block of ice and it gradually melts and they start to twitch. And then you watch it on telly and they're just, they're bent over <laughs> yeah. by, by some old pipe work. Um, but I do, I like, I, it's it's a, it's such a cheese fest, isn't it? This one, it's um, it's because there was always they they did the two Dalek films in the um, in the sixties with uh, mm-hmm. perhaps we we're going to cover uh, Peter Cushing. We could do that yeah, as a special. We could do that as yeah. a special, yeah. Um, and they there was always talk of a third one. It was either going to be the Chase or it was going to be the Keys of Marinus. Yeah. And I think actually this this script would adapt itself to a a, a fairly low budget film really well. I reckon. Mm. You know. Do you think they would have redesigned the boards, or would it, because with the yeah, Daleks think, they just yeah. made them bigger and yeah. and bolder and more colourful? Do you think they would yeah. have done I think, the same? I think they would have redesigned the board, but I don't. I, I wish they hadn't because this the design of the board is really nice. I, I like them. They're one of my. I mean, we 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 don't really get to know much about them in the show, um, but. The design of them is is really good. Unfortunately, they like all people that wear flippers. They can't walk on dry land. Well, there's that infamous yeah. moment where the guy yeah. walks through the doorway and trips yes. over his flipper. Yeah, there's mm. well, episode one of this show is just is is just a series of unfortunate events, isn't it? It's mm. everything goes wrong that can go wrong. I'm amazed. I mean, we know for budget they they wouldn't want to stop unless something catastrophic happened, uh, because it was it was recorded on videotape. And it was very expensive to edit videotape. You basically had to cut the tape, and that would decrease the life of the tape. So they they, they did not want you to, you know, it was it was done as a live play, recorded, 
and unless you really screwed up, they wouldn't stop for a break. Mm. I think they allowed two two edits per half hour episode, um, which would usually if you had going from one scene to another and you didn't have a cut scene. Um, mm. It's actually fascinating. I mean, it, if you if you ever want to know why sixties TV was the way it was look into the production of it and there's reasons for everything and it's all down to practicalities um and doctor is is almost a, a, a an object lesson in how they made tv at that point you would not do it this that way now no um, no it, it is a fascinating yeah. snapshot of oh, yeah. tv it's, production yeah. at the time isn't it it's, al- it's almost a historical document isn't it you i see it's I mean, go for a few things that they used to do at the time. So basically they would rehearse from uh, Monday to Friday dinner time. Then they would go have on Friday dinner time, they would have a run-through in Friday afternoon, usually in costume, what they called a camera rehearsal. And then they would film it from 7.30 till 9, um, or 7.30 till 10, because the lights went off at 10, Mm. on a Friday night. And, And that was it. That's all the filming they had. And they would basically, they would do it in order as a play. Mm. which is why you get lots of little weird cutscenes where you'll get the main characters and it'll cut to two other characters just saying something and then back to the main character because you had to allow the actors to get to the next bit yeah. of set. Yeah. Um, and that denoted the pace of a lot of these stories. Um, any incidental music was played in on the sets. So the, mm. the actors are hearing that incident. It's not like you put it in post-production. <laughs> any sound effects are put in. They tried not to do any... They, in fact, they couldn't do any post-production special effects, so everything was done in camera. Um, mm-hmm. It's absolutely amazing. It's a testament to the skill of these people that that you got anything that was workable out of it. And the fact mm. that a lot of these stories... I mean, there's, there's lots of fluffs in that in all these early ones, and I love that. I love... I love the fact that it's, it gives it a realness. Um, and it was because they couldn't edit, they couldn't stop production, they couldn't do another take, even. Um, and that, and yeah. that's why I think people were unfair on you know, William Hartnell yeah, when he fluffed his lines. Yeah. Well, he, he, he had no choice. He couldn't go for a yeah. second take. Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I would like to see you know, some of the modern Doctor Who or modern actors have to do it in that way. Mm. You'd, you know, you'd soon see... I mean, Tom Baker, I mean, the, the fact that we've got so many Tom Baker fluffs that end up in the Christmas tapes, but that would be the produced episode yes, if that's he was what... doing it in the 60s. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think people are very hard on William Harnell. I mean, he, he had, um, he had a, a medical problems that meant he had terrible trouble learning his lines. But I, I really like the fact that he eventually built into the character the, the fluffing of names, the fluffing mm. of lines. Really, it's, it's so clever. And I, I, I just adore him as the Doctor. I think he's... There, there was always, when we were growing up, when we couldn't see these episodes, there was always the, the perceived fan wisdom that the first Doctor was grumpy and unlikable and anti-hero. And it's, it's, he couldn't be further from the no. truth. The, the first episode, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a grump bag. But then, from the Daleks onwards, he's, he's becoming the, the Doctor that you know. And he's 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 whimsical. He's got his mad sense of humour. He he's very kind to his companions. Or you know, you can see he respects and and admires them. They're changing him, and he's changing him. It's a wonderful performance. I mean, mm. I, I'm glad that that William Hartnell knew that he was loved. You know, by 
Chilly oh, was. It was. Yeah, it's I, a lot of times you actors don't realise that what an impact they had. But I'm glad that William Hartnell knew. Yes. Um, I think he was dealt a very rough deal at the end, but it did allow the program to continue, and we had regeneration and that. But but yeah, he's he's magical. I think that's the only mm. word that describes his performance is magical. I know mm. it, it really annoys me when you get like modern fans or, you know, and they go, oh, I tried watching it. It's just, it's, it's in black and white and it's too slow. No. And that, and that character's not the doctor. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is the doctor. Everything yeah. that's come out since is not the doctor by no. definition. No. <laughs> you no. know, absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, keys of Marinus, I mean, for me, um, is almost like, um, you know, back when Tomb of the Cybermen was found. Oh, yes. oh yeah, 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 you know, because it, it's one that I've just passed by. I mean, I've got a fair uh, Doctor Who, you know, DVD collection. Yeah. I've got pretty much every Tom Baker I want. I've got all the John Pertwee's, um, Patrick Troughton, I've got many. And I've got quite a few William Hartnells, but for one reason or another, if, you know, I'm... I, oh, I fancy buying a William Hartnell, you know, something like the War Machines jumps yeah. out at me yeah. more than Keys of Mariner. So it's one of these that I've I've never got round to. And, and you've given me the excuse to go out and buy it, which I did. Oh, yeah, and, <laughs> I uh, you enjoyed it then. <laughs> no, I did. I, I, okay. I, 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 I think it, I'm, I'm watching it at a strange yeah. time because here I am, I'm watching this, you know, William Hartnell story at the same time the 13th Doctor is on on yeah. a Sunday night. And the two things couldn't be more different, you know. I mean, now modern Who, it's all fast-paced, you know. It's all noisy, shouty stuff, you yeah. know, with tons of music all over it. But here we have quite a sedately paced, character-driven story. Yes, it's got flub lines and, and the odd wobbly sets. But that, you know, I, out of the two, I know what is... I'm more comfortable yes. with. Yes, yeah. I, I, I like Early Who for the fact that it gives time for the characters to build. It gives time mm. for the story to grow. Um, I know I know. The, the perception is that modern TV programs should be... It's almost like it's 45 minutes of your life and it's exciting, action, and then you're not meant to think about it after that. Mm. Um, I think... I think uh, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who is actually better than a lot of recent Who in the fact that they seem to, especially last season, they seem to go back to the independent story, the mm. the more simple stories. I know a lot of fans, you know, didn't like it and complained about it right now. But to me, that was sort of a step back to... My idea of Doctor Who is the Doctor is uh, aimlessly wandering, gets into a scrape, has to solve it through their own uh, merits uh, and then moves on I don't need these all-encompassing arcs of no. world and universe ending threats and I think Doctor Who works much better on a smaller scale what I, I really don't didn't like it, it was sort of like there in the um, in the David Tennant's and the Matt Smith's is where the um, the Doctor's worshipped by the universe almost as a god. Yes, yeah, oh, and that was so never annoying. the Doctor. Yeah. That's no. no, 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 no. I mean, they even have that story where the whole universe was praying for him, or yes. or something like that. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, there's, no. there's one where he regenerates or something, or he, he 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 gets back from being a wizened old man because everyone on the planet speaks his name. Mm. I mean, it's a bit. I mean, we, it's getting needlessly messianic, isn't it? At that point. Um, yeah, I, I much prefer the... The Doctor doesn't know what the situation is when he goes in. I mean, He's ha- the cosmic hobo, yeah. as, yeah. as, as you yeah. know, Troughton's was called, yeah. You know, it, and yeah, and Troughton was the same. He would appear. 
he wouldn't know what was going on. He would have to insinuate himself into the plot. I mean, you didn't need psychic paper and stuff like that then. Yeah, the writers actually would write a way of getting the person into the plot. Sometimes that worked, sometimes that didn't. Um, but yeah, I much, much prefer the the aimless wanderer hmm. than the the superhero. Do you know what I bought today? Yeah. You know, I bought an HMV today. I, I, I'm slow to the game, and I have, I've only just realised these DVD box sets, these revisitations, contain special editions. Oh right, yes, yeah. Of things, yeah. and so, and I got the one that's Carnival of Monsters, oh, that's and a good set, yeah. yeah, Resurrection of the Daleks, and Seeds of Death, which is a trout that I've never seen before. I, and I, I watched episode. Seeds of death, yeah. Well, I watched episode one this morning uh, when I got back, and uh, it's like it's exactly that. You have yeah. a, a, a drama going on a, 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 between you know the Earth and the Moon and the whole transmat thing, and the Doctor just comes along. You know, they land in a museum. They yeah. haven't got a clue what's going on. You know, even at the end of episode one, they still yeah. haven't got a clue what's going on. Yeah, in modern who, it's like they seem to know everything. Mm. Um, Again, I, 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 a lot of people seem to be running down sort of the writing of, of Jodie Whittaker's, but I do like the fact that they've gone back to that a bit where she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, li- I like about, you know, Keys of Marinus, especially episode one here. You know, you see something, and, and after watching so many Doctor Whos, some things become a cliche, but you've got to tell yourself, no, this is at the very beginning, and, and, and this is one of them. It's, it's, it's the thing about how the TARDIS arrives just at the moment something is happening, which yes. is, in this case, it's the glass submarines uh, with the Vords inside them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this, because this is the first story where we see the TARDIS landing, materialise. Yes, this model shot yeah. at the very beginning. Mm, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's the very first model shot yeah. of the TARDIS and it's the yes. very first time you see the TARDIS materialise. Yeah. There's some lovely model shots in this first episode. Um, I mean, I'll hand on heart say they're not convincing in a, that you go, oh, that's a real island. But I think they're, they're, ah. they're charming and they work. Ah, but, 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 we have said this on Effectively Speaking, when these shows were being transmitted, what was the average size of a TV screen and how good was the reception? I mean, mean, a big TV would have been classed as like an 18-inch screen, so... Yeah, yep, it, yep, with terrible yep. reception. Yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, I'm sure it looked a lot better. Yeah, yeah me, me, me watching that on DVD on my 50-inch, you know, yeah. TV, it looks a bit like something from Michael Benteen's Potty Time. Yes. You know, because it's clearly that that TARDIS is not very big, and it's clear that that landscape is on a table. Yeah. You know, it's a tabletop miniature. But I don't think back then you would have yeah, actually would noticed have. any of that. Well, there's a lot of um, forced perspective uh, painting shots in this one, so they, mm-hmm. you know, they will extend the pyramid with a, a, a fixed matte painting. And um, yeah, in in high def on your 55 inch, you can go, oh, it's a painting. Um, but yeah, on a little TV, you, that would have worked. Yep. You know, um, and you so, haven't yeah. seen anything that much better to compare it with. No. You, you know, so you just go along for the ride, don't you? Yeah, and again, I find, with, especially with sort of Hartnell and Troughton, within minutes you're so swept up in the the acting because it's they're, people are they're earnestly acting. I mean, I I adore um, William Russell as Ian Chesterton. I mean, like I've said, said before, um, I'm pretty certain my dad named me after because <laughs> uh, my sister was named Susan as well. I was like, mm. um, well, you could have called you Barbara. Yeah, Barbara, yes, yeah. My my hidden, my hidden sister, um, yeah, Babs. 
And uh, I adore William Russell because he's so believable. He he gives everything a gravitas that that you buy into it because he believes it. Mm. And I this this early TARDIS crew. I mean, Caroline Ford was very inexperienced and it sort of shows but she's playing a 15 year old yes so i i don't mind that and ev- everyone's at the top of their game acting wise here um yeah you know like i say the, the sets might not be the biggest in the world i mean if, if you've ever seen um a shot of the empty studio g where they filmed all these first ones you're, you're amazed they could fit anything into it yeah. it's it's ludicrous um yeah, it's very clear that the backdrop yeah behind the TARDIS is about six inches away from yes. the TARDIS and it's yeah. meant to be the sky. What was uh, what, what I like about the early Doctor Who's as well is, um, you know, there's continuity from one story to the next in that Ian in this, yeah. he's still wearing his outfit. Is it Marco Polo? From the Marco story Polo, before? yeah. Yeah, so he's, he hasn't even had time to change. Yeah. I used to, uh, just an offside, uh, one of my... <laughs> I mean, he didn't get invited to many parties, as you'll see. Um, one of my party pieces was I could, I could by memory recite all of the classic Who stories in order. Well, isn't that pathetic? And I'm sure yeah. you can still do it. I reckon, like, a push, I could do it. Now, how yeah. far up do you think you can go before you? St- uh, oh. Would it be into the modern era that you start? No, no. It, I, I think I'd, I'd probably get a bit wobbly. Um, Tom, in probably Tom Baker's last few seasons, I think I'd start getting wobbly. But would uh, you mod- know that modern era. I've no idea. I wouldn't be able to do it for modern era. Okay. No. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, the actors are really good. They're on the beach, yep. but you know, we are you know seeped in Blake Seven in character now, yes. and you've got a Terry trope straight away. You've got a sea of acid. Sea of acid. You? Tick. Yeah. Yeah. Ding. Tick that box. Yeah. yeah. But beach of glass and a yeah. sea of acid. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's- he did like these sort of things, Uncle Terry. I love the fact that in his first episode as well, it's setting up the mystery. Hmm. So like I say, it's not that they don't know exactly what's happening. So it's like, you've got a glass beach, you've got hmm. acid pools. Then yes. you, they see the, the board submarines and then they find a board and then they see the build. And it's, it really draws you in, hmm. you know, at a nice pace. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's great that you yeah. know here we are two old blokes and we're watching it and we're enjoying it like you said earlier it really it wasn't made for yeah. well maybe it was for 50 year olds but but it was pro- primarily it was made children by 50 year olds but yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it was a, it was aimed at, at children and young teens and be interesting enough that the parents would sit there and watch it as well and i yeah. think it's perfect for that yeah, but again, it's the curse of Blake Seven in character in that we yep. we watch and we think more than we're meant to do, and yes. and watching it, I'm I mean these torpedoes are made out of glass to protect them from the acid, yep. but the Doctor Barbara and Ian start manhandling yes. the yeah. submarine. They go, oh, Surely oh. there's acid on there, <laughs> yeah. yes, and and then they pull out the suit that's yeah. inside, which doesn't seem to do them any damage. Good gracious. <laughs> It looks like a glass torpedo. On a one-man submarine? Well, it's certainly designed for going under the water. Under acid, more likely. Yes. I don't know whether it's occurred to you, Doctor, but this means this place is inhabited. Oh, yes, it has occurred to me. Let's see what it is. And let's help me get, get this top off. Doctor? Yes? There's another one over here. And there's something inside it. You see that crack along there? 
where the acid must have seeped in. Hmm? Oh, that's got it. Now, let's have a look at you. Yes, uh, use that. Hmm? Oh, all right. Oh. It's a protective <laughs> suit. Yes, and whatever it was, wore it is similar to a human being. Hmm? Yes, but how did it get out? Seems to be perfectly intact. I don't think it did get out. There's a tear in the material here. You mean the acid got in? Poor devil. Yes, well, I think we ought to go back to the ship and try and find Susan. She should have caught up with us by now. Come along. Look at that fantastic building. Good. Good. Now, perhaps, we might learn who it is that uses these strange ships. Anyway, let's go back to the ship and find Susan. Later, perhaps, uh, a little visiting, I think. <laughs> yes. I like that he pulls it out using his walking stick. But, which is like, but, and then immediately touches but, it. Yes, yeah, but, but, and then they find out that there, there is a hole in the suit. It's yes. a protective suit, isn't yeah, it, to protect yeah. them from the acid. And there is a hole in it, and the poor devil has been dissolved. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right, you're a fan of this um, uh, story. Yes. We never find out. What do the Vord look like? We, we never find out. And we never find out whether, whether that suit is, is just a suit to protect them from the acid, because they never take them off. No. Um, I mean, there, there, there's a whole, there's a whole sub sort of thing of of that they were actually biomechanical and that that these are the early Cybermen and you know things like that. There's a whole lovely, lovely sort of um, fantasy history of the the Vord. But I like, I think I, I like that they're so mysterious because again, I don't know whether you would have seen it uh, in in the sixties, but obviously on a big TV, you can see that through the Vord's masks, there's a person inside it. Yep. So, it, yeah, I, I think it is meant to be a suit. Um, I don't know whether you, as part of your research, you read the first Doctor Who annual story with the Vord in. No, um, I've seen images, yeah. which I'll put on Facebook, but I haven't read it. Yeah, it's got, I, I reread it again last night. It's, it's actually a barking mad nice story, but in that, the, these are, the Vord look the same, but their suits are actually... Like the antennae on the front of it is how they communicate and how they sense. They can't oh, okay. see normally, so the uh, the doctor eventually breaks the 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 hood ornament off one of them, and he's knackered then, and he can't sense anything, and he gets beaten up and killed by some fishmen. Uh, annuals were a bit stronger back then than they are now. No, yes, <laughs> yeah, lots of people getting killed, and the doctor just happily going, "Yes, kill him." Um, so yeah, it, I think that's quite what's nice about the board is we don't get any real explanation. Is the, is this a suit? Is this what they? Are? I mean, you assume it's a suit. It looks like a wetsuit, doesn't it? So you assume it's a suit they're wearing. Yeah, in episode uh, six, yep. Yartek, when he's talking, you see a close up, and you can see his blacked out mouth, yeah. and you can see his eyes as well. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's just like say a, a you know, a, 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 because we're watching it on a high def TV. Um, whether you could see that then, but I, it, yeah, it's I, I like the Vord design. I think it's really it's weird that they're all different as well, isn't it? Every every yeah. helmet is different. Yeah, yeah. But also Yartek um, in episode six, he he calls them my creatures, which yeah. made me wonder: is Yartek actually a Vord like them, or is he something else? Well, I mean, there's also the fact that uh, Arbitan says that you know, like, is it? 
700 years ago or something that Yartek, 700 yeah yeah so he's he's an old creature so he's is he yeah is, are they long lived or is he just he's survived because he's used you know that's a mechanical suit or he's basically you know replaced bits of his body or whatever um mm. he doesn't seem particularly cut up by when his 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 wards are killed off no and uh, like you say and he refers to them as his creatures cuz mm. i i don't even know is is Yartek meant to be the same race as uh, Arbitan and the other, I don't know what you call them, mariners that well, we see? He doesn't mention anything about, all oh, these aliens from another place. No. You know, that they are from the same planet. I suppose, and also this, this sort of is back when you would, ha- you would have planets with different species on. Because mm. Terminator was very, very good at that. Like now, and, and in Star Trek style, you only ever... You know, every Klingon is the same. Every Romulan is the same. Every so, if you're part of a planet, you all look the same. You're all the same race. Mm. But of course, Terry Nation was quite good at you know your Daleks and Thals and things like that, and people are different. And I, yeah, th- these are obviously from a different continent or a different part of the planet. Um, mm. Again, it was. Uh, it's a shame they never came back in the program. Um, I saw when I was doing research for this, there was speculation in one of the latest yes, stories yeah. so that the, the, uh, they might have been Vords, some yeah. spectral beings or yeah, something. Yeah, so so in um, Spyfall, the first episode of this latest season, yeah, so there's shapes appearing, and they do look a bit Vord-like, they, I have right. to admit. Uh, and I was hoping, oh, come on, let it be the Vord, let them come back. Um, but they, they didn't. Well, they... Uh, they haven't said really what they are. They called them something else, but it could still be that that's the board no, right. people. I, I hope right. so. Yeah. Um, I've read a story that, that you know, Keys of Marinus uh, was a last-minute replacement when another one fell through. And that yes. explains the standalone nature of, of all the stories. You've got, basically got the link in one of one and six, haven't you? And yes. then you've got the, the ones in the middle, which yeah, this... also allows for William Hartnell to go away on holiday, which I find yeah. utterly charming. I find that charming that, yeah, characters would disappear to allow them a break in filming to go on holiday. Um, yes. Yeah, I think because they, they had a lot of problems with writers in uh, the first scenes of Doctor Who in that not a lot of writers at the time could produce workable scripts. And so they, they sort of lucked out with Terry Nation that they found out he could actually produce a workable script that didn't need that much script editing and he could right. work to a timetable. So they, they went to him. He became their almost their sort of staple go-to person for a lot of these stories. And, uh, yeah, they, they basically they needed a story quick from him. And he's done, he, he's, I imagine he's probably gone into his big book of ideas. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and just picked, okay, so now Jungle One, what jungle ideas have you got? And it's, it's, it's a very sort of Flash Gordon-y serial, this one, isn't it? That There's lots of, you know, every, every different area we visit on Mariners is a completely different society, completely could different... Be a, could be yeah. a completely different planet, each could one be, a different yeah. planet. Yeah. But it's quite nice to actually get a planet with, uh, with various weather patterns and various cultures um I, I like that i think that's good writing but <coughs> yeah it's definitely you can tell that it was a a bit of a rush job now i've often described terry nation as a hack writer and i don't mean that in any insulting way he was a traditional uh hack writer in that he could hack out a script mm. with nothing 
on the turn of a, you know a sixpence he could he could produce a workable idea and that's very rare in writers you get writers that are great at dialogue you get writers that are great at, at stories you get writers that are great at characters and but you very rarely get people that can create a, a story out of whole cloth like that yeah um, and terry was one of them um and I think this is this is almost uh, a blueprint. You can wa- you can watch Keys of Marinus, and and that's your blueprint. That if if you've got a computer to read all of Terry Nation's script and produce its own version of it using the most used sort of bits mm. of the other scripts, it would be Keys of Marinus, wouldn't it? it yeah, yeah. This is what it would produce. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't know anything about this story at all. Yeah. All I know is the... Um, oh, you didn't even know photo. the plot or anything? No, I didn't know the oh, plot. Wow. All, I, all I knew of was the publicity photos yes. of, you know, a Vord menacing Susan. That's yes. all I knew. And that there's some keys of Marinus. So what That's did you think of the story? Did you... I, it, well, I didn't do my research until after I watched it. Yeah. So I didn't know about the whole reason for doing this. I yeah. kind of figured when, when the, the doctor says... Uh, all right, I'm going to go to the, yeah. like, the fourth one. I'll see you there. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton would take time off yes, from yeah. certain episodes. So I, I deduced that one. I was completely stunned by teleport bracelets. Yeah. Yeah, see, there's another, off the, another off Terry Blake trope. Seven. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and this is, what, 14 years before Blake 7 or something like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that there was in his book of ideas, yeah. It's very charming, the whole, yeah. um, you know, the teleport way, you know, they, they step onto the black side yes. of the set yeah. to disappear, you know, uh, very charming. My favourite out of all the stories is uh, the second one, right? The, the oh, one the, all yeah, about the, reality. Yes. Yeah, that's and really good, actually. A good Barbara story, that one. It's a very good yeah. Barbara story, and I tell you... I I am amazed, you know, I consider myself a Doctor Who fan, but I have never, ever, ever seen those brains with eye stalks in the jars before. Have you not? All right. No, never seen that. I'm a big fan of Fiend Without a Face. Yes. Yeah, they're very, very similar to those. uh, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a fan of 50s B-movies. You put a brain in a jar, I'm there. And, And I did not know First Doctor Story, you know, has... Brains in jars with eye stalks. Yeah, fantastic. And I, <laughs> that's really my favourite bit. Yeah, it's just it's a shame that the uh, the dome didn't break when it was meant to. When Barbara's no, 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 no. Yeah, but um, you know, it's live. They can't yeah, go they for a second take exactly, like you were they saying. Can't do a second take. But it's a really interesting story as well, and really well. I like the way they're they're cutting between um, Barbara's point of view and the other character's point of view it's it's so nicely done that first story. technically that was done yeah. very well yeah it, it yeah. was done very well but i did like those brains i think they yes. are i i, right. I, I, I really the did Mephist- enjoy them Mephistons, i think yes I, the, with a very nasty voice the yes. very cruel yeah, voice. Really i think um, they were that, they were um shawcraft i think did them again you know uh, shawcraft modelers yeah I'll, I'll come to that. That's behind think, the scenes, yeah. and I haven't got to that bit right, on the sorry. page yet. Yes. <laughs> okay. um, I, I actually like all. I like all of the uh, the visits. So you got the. Then you go to the jungle planet or the jungle mm-hmm. area of Mars. The screaming jungle. Yeah, the screaming wasn't it? jungle. And I really like that. It's a bit. It, it reminded me very much of like. Uh, there's one of the Avengers stories where plants sort of go mad. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in that seed, greenhouse. Seeds of, yeah, seeds of yeah. doom. Seeds death, of doom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I like that bit. Then they go to the uh, the tundra, the snowy mm-hmm. 
wastes. Yeah. And that's where the budget starts to go. And they use stock yeah. footage, don't yes, they? Yes, lots of stock footage. It's like, what's that? It's stock footage of a wolf. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but again, really well acted with Weber and, and he's a horrible, rapey man, isn't he? Mm. Prototype yeah. Gan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, very. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then they go to the um, they go to the murder mystery part, and obviously Hartnell comes mm. back. And I I think that's really well. that works quite well as a little. How to date? That's almost a Columbo episode. I wasn't expecting a courtroom drama. (laughs) I mean, that that so plays to Hartnell's strengths as well, and he's superb in that bit. He could be a barrister. I mean, he's always holding his lapels anyway, isn't he? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, it's terrific. I'm, I'm very surprised. You know that. um, Again, in my research, I see that. um, you know that they were being touted the Vord were being touted yes, as being yeah. the successor alien to the Daleks but they're only in the first and last stories yeah well, I, the, the BBC after the success of the Daleks the BBC were always looking for the next monster to uh, um, to exploit so you so every time a new monster the, you would get front page photos and magazine photos saying this is the new monster and they wanted mm. it to be the next and Terry Nation was very much after the next Dalek this was a good money spinner for him um, and so there's that, that lovely series of uh, promotional photos of the Vord attacking Susan that were done yes. specially for the papers and that and they were very heavily touted so they were they were uh, assigned into the first annual the first bit Doctor Who merchandise really um, yeah they, they were thought I I I'm amazed they never came back because they would have had the costumes. It yes. Been very easy. But of course, it's it's hard to think in Hartnell's time that it's really only the Daleks that ever came back. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. You that's know. a good point. Um, the Meddling Monk was the only other one. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, the um, I think if I'd watched the Vords yeah. when I was little, I would have loved them because I can remember when I was young I had a thing for wetsuits I wanted a wetsuit you know I I had an action man with his orange wetsuit you know and um, you always had all the all the the guys on Voyage to the Bottom of the Seas in wetsuits so I I was borderline obsessed by wetsuits um, when I was little and yeah I think if I'd seen this when I was about seven I I would have been desperate for a Vord yeah I think if I'd have seen this like yeah, like say when you sort of seven. I think yeah, I would have made my action man because I had that action man in the, the black wetsuit as well. I would have made him into a vord. I would have stuck some plastic to his head or whatever. Um, yeah, black plasticine. Yeah, yeah, and I I do like the fact that they're really well. Other than the fact they keep tripping over, they're really creepily well filmed. Mm. Um. Obviously, you, you you couldn't have, you know, dark shots. So it's it's overlit. Like all of all of Doctor Who's overlit. Um. But the, I, I really like them. They're creepy. They're thing, and they're vicious little burgers. They're knifing people left, right, and centre. Yeah, there are. They're, they're, there's a lot of knife yeah. action going on. You wouldn't get I, that I, now. I think, wouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I think. I think if they hadn't only made three suits, the the threat yes. would have been more so. But we only ever see three of them. Yeah. Uh, um, and Yartek. Uh, Which is fair enough, because we only ever see three submarines. Uh, four submarines, don't we? So. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we don't know where they come from. No. Or, 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 or why, why Yartek's doing this now? It did take me out of it somewhat because you know I am a somewhat older, more jaded person, and I haven't got the eyes of a child. When you know Yartek manages to fool everyone by pulling, yes. y- 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 you yeah. know the, the the hood up over, yeah. and and they still think it, uh, he's the other bloke. Well, Do- Doctor Who throughout its history has always suffered from 
line of sight failures. So you yes. get people hiding in plain sight. And this again, this is so you've got uh, Susan and Ian who should be able to. They're clearly looking at the chin of of Yartek. Yeah. Um, so th- this again, slight a slight tweak on the camera angles could have worked, but they might not have been able to do it. That might have been the only angle they could do on that particular set. Mm. Um, yeah, you have. There's a lot of suspension of disbelief involved in early Who, and I don't, mm. I don't mind that. But I mean, the thing that annoys me as well is he put. He doesn't sound like uh, uh, Arbitan. Jo- yeah, Arbitan. No. Um, he sound, <laughs> I, like, yeah. I like the don't come near don't me come I'm near suffering me. from yeah. a terrible disease yeah. you know it's like cold. the black had a bag yeah. over my head thing, actually, isn't it? yes yeah. it is yeah. Yeah. Dear, right, yeah. yeah but they were simpler times then were, weren't yeah. they much simpler yeah. times yeah 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 um, behind the scenes on this yeah right um, as, as with the Daleks a Terry Nation script left the description quite kind of vague yeah all right. His actual uh, description says, for the Vord's head, a black rubber mask, respirator type, huge glass eyepieces, as sinister as possible. Yeah, because he was a very clever writer. And I, I think I've said this in one of the Blake 7 episodes. Uh, he would always leave descriptions vague because he wanted the best chance of his script being accepted. So he would, uh. he would always write, um, they enter a room, it's blank except for um, mm. because he didn't want them to he could write it where it said they enter a room it's full of wonders and he knows that the script over goes can't afford that next yeah. script so he was, he was always wonderfully leaving it vague and he also trusted the production team that they would do something good and then he could ka-ching all the way to the bank um, yes. like the, the famous description of the Daleks is, is wonderfully minimal mm. um, so yeah I think that was a lot of people over the years have criticised Terry for that, and I think that was incredibly clever. Again, working jobbing writer, hack writer, way of working, and it's it it's brilliant, and it works for him. Mm. Yeah. Well, they went off with this description. I mean, yes. that was the description that he, he did. A costume designer, Daphne Dare was given the job of you know yep. turning it into reality. That's where you have the black. Um, uh, wetsuit and the flippers but the head and the gloves uh, were done by freelance contractors um, uh, John and Jack Lovell yep. um, and they created the three heads and the three pairs of black gloves for less than £70 which was to be fair, a fair bit of money then Yes, yes. Yeah. I've I've just got to stop for a minute Ian because I've just realised that I haven't got my research book where oh, I need right, a quote okay, from. Yeah. Hang on one second right. hang on Right, here we go. I've got a quote then. Are you ready? Yep. This is from Jack Lovell, all right? Uh, <clears throat> um, and they, they, they did stuff for Marco Polo. They, they did stuff for yep. uh, The Chase, Galaxy 4, etc., etc. Um, he says here, For our first featured contribution, we built the heads and webbed gloves of the three black Vord monsters. The masks were made from thick, vulcanized rubber and worn in conjunction with a sk- skin diver's two-piece wetsuit. That must have been bloody heavy. Oh, that was heavy. Vulcanized rubber. rubber. Yeah. And yeah. they look solid, though, don't they? They look. They really do. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. If you fell over, that's going to protect you, I think. Yes. If it doesn't break your so. neck. Because the trouble with vulcanized rubber is, um, 
it, it it's horrible for shrinking. So I wonder if that's why they never used them again. Perhaps they just distorted and shrunk. Well, the next bit of the quote might give a clue as to why they were never used again. It says, instead of actors, the BBC hired some professional wrestlers to wear the Vord costumes in the studio. The reasoning here might have been that wrestlers are used to high levels of perspiration and boiling temperatures during their competitions. Uh However, after several hours in an all-rubber Vord suit under the intense studio lights, a couple of these guys fainted. I wonder who they were. Do we know who the wrestlers were? I have got their names. All right. Yeah, Martin Court, yeah. Peter Stenson, and Gordon Wales. Oh, I was hoping it'd be like Mick McManus or someone. Yeah, Mick first Ma- appearance. Yeah. Giant Haystacks. Yeah. yeah, and their leader, Vartek, was played by Stephen Dartnell. Okay. Did, um, the, did he do the voice as well? I think so. Yeah. I think he was an actor rather than a wrestler. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, they but he had did very wrestle limited... with his conscience. Oh, no, very good. Yeah, with the with his yeah. conscience machine. Yeah. Yes. That conscience machine. I've got a little bit about that yep. um, coming up. But I I really like the fact that on DVD and with the big screen, when Ian puts the keys in, you can see that there's a little micro switch. Yeah. So when you put the key in, it actually does make that light up. That's not some grip off to one uh, one hand pressing a button to make the lights come on. Exactly. That was actually functional. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's, it? They they've put more effort in back then, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um. Th- these helmets, these vulcanized yes. rubber helmets, they had very limited vision due oh, to that very imagine, wide yeah. nose area there. Um, and yeah, it was stuffingly hot. Incredibly difficult to walk with those flippers on. They're not designed to be used on a flat surface, are they? No, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all tried walking on the beach or by, you know, with flippers on. It's awful. You trip over your own feet. Mm, and bless yeah. them, they did as well. <laughs> and we saw it, yes. Yep. Um, you said earlier, yeah, Amicus, who made the two Peter Cushing yep. uh, Who films, uh, they acquired the rights to the Keys of Marinus to remake it, but never got round to it's it. It's a shame. I think that would have been that would have really played into the strengths of uh, Amicus and their the way they filmed and the way they did mm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an interesting little snippet for you. Uh, one of the Vords, Peter Stenson. He later wrote about his his experience of being a Vord for a leather fetish magazine. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yes. Um, there's a scene cut from the script at the start of the story saying that the reason Doctor and Susan had been on Earth in 63 was because the Doctor had visited the BBC to help repairing his colour TV. Oh, right. Hey. Did you know that? I, I, I'd read something about... A color TV, or they were gonna, they wanted to use a color TV. I mean, I don't know how they would have actually shown Represent anything. That. Yeah, no, there's meant to be a line apparently right. where 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 it's revealed that yeah, they wanted help repairing the color scanner uh, because it was only shown black and white, and that's why the Doctor was in a bad mood upon his return to the TARDIS because the BBC had been infernal, infernally secretive. That would have been brilliant if they'd have kept that. That would have been nice, yeah, wouldn't it? I would have liked that. Right, I've got another quote for you. Yep. All right, I've got my book ready. And this is about... Um, da, 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 right, it's that bit, and there's that bit. So, first of all, the conscience machine. Yes. All right, and uh, this is Shawcroft, Shawcraft, ah, the company right. that you mentioned before. All right. Um, no, it's not. Hang on. This is professional, isn't it? Let me turn the page. We're like, we are like William Hunt or Doctor Who. We can't afford to edit. No. Oh, no, this yeah. is from Ray Cusack. Oh, right. Right. 
So this is him talking about the conscious machine. He says Shawcraft built the conscious machine and its framework along with the keys that fitted into it. But I ran out of money on that set before it was completed. In desperation, I remember collecting up pieces of discarded scenery from a light entertainment show which had just finished recording at the television centre. Once back in the Doctor Who studio, I simply arranged these fiberglass panels and metal frames in front of some black drapes and that became the back into the set. You had no choice but to invent your way out of problems back then. In addition to the scenery demands, there were also a huge number of special props and special effects to be designed and made, none of which we ever had time to test before using them in the studio, so things would go frequently wrong. The demands that were being made on me and my team were totally ridiculous. We were working up to 70 hours a week, every week. But still, like you said yeah. earlier, it still looks terrific, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it looks amazing. I mean, it's dedication. It's, yeah. it's a different era of um, film and television making. Yeah. Um, I, d I don't think we'd get back to that. But I love the fact that, that they would have to be inventive because they didn't have the budget. You know? yeah. And I think that adds so much to it. Yeah, I love this quote, which is the explanation for the cardboard vord oh, yeah, who, yeah. who falls down into the acid. Oh, yeah, I, know. Right? I, I know this one, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Um, so, the show's director, John Gorry, didn't help the situation either. He hadn't been a director for very long and was fairly oblivious to the problems we were facing. Whilst we were running ourselves into the ground trying to find solutions to various problems, he'd be at, uh, be at the other, other end of the studio, leisurely reading a newspaper. There was one sequence described in the script where a Vord monster falls through a secret panel into a pool of acid. We could do the Vord falling through the set, but we didn't have a pool of acid, so I asked John how the audience was going to know the Vord hadn't just fallen into a broom cupboard. He hadn't even considered the logic behind my observation up to that point, and once he did appreciate the situation, he left it up to me to come up with a solution. So I built a model out of a big cardboard tube, the sort of thing that carpets are rolled up around. We painted the tube black, propped one end up against the stepladder, and put a bowl of water at the other end to represent the pool of acid. It was a very quick and cheap solution, but it was good enough as a two-second cutaway shot to show the audience what had happened to the Vord. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't mention that the Vord is a paper cutout. No, he's quite two-dimensional, the Vord. He's very two-dimensional. Yeah. I like the sound it, effect of the scream <laughs> over the top. Yeah. It works, though. I think it, it works, and it, it's such inventiveness. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, what have I got for you next? Um, yes, uh, there, there, there was talk in the background notes that Terry Nation wrote um, about the Vord, much more than we actually saw on screen. Um, and it says here that the Vord were alien invaders who took advantage of the people of Marinus, rendered vulnerable by the pacifying events of the conscious. You see? So yeah. they were aliens. Uh, that, makes, that makes a lot more sense, really. Um, yes. Yeah, and again, a very Terry Nation thing of mind control, isn't it? He was, he was fascinated with mind control and, and mm. you know freedom and stuff like that. But it's yeah, that Terry trope. yeah Terry trope. That makes much more sense that they were aliens. It's, yeah, I wonder why they cut these things from the dialogue just for timing, I suppose. I'm, I'm, I, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Um, the miniature submarines that you see arriving yep. on the shore there—they were designed and built by Ray Cusack. And each one of them had a little magnet on the underside, and what you basically had was a cable just underneath the water, and you pull the cable, the magnet sticks to the cable, and they pull them ashore. Like yeah, so. it, look, it looks amazing, that shot, until the very last pull. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah they've cut a bit too late, yes, haven't they? Yeah, if they've cut just before that last pull, you go, oh, that's brilliant. Then you go, oh, it's just, it's just a model. Yeah. 
which is just a model. Um, apparently, one of them still survives in a private oh. collection somewhere. So wow. that would be nice to That'd see. Be nice to see. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, again Shawcraft models who built the full size ones. Yes. Yeah. And um, the pyramid building we see at the beginning that was built by Ray Cusack as well. Yeah. He's a very talented man, Ray. Yes, very much so. We'll be talking about him a lot, won't yeah, we? I think so, yeah. All right, so uh, a little section that we're going to do each time on this show is a little section called Other Media. Yes. What 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 was that adversary seen in other media? Now, you know, there's been tons, hasn't there's there? There's been tons with the old board in, yep. Very first annual. Yes. They the were on the Fish cover of the very first annual. Candelinga, Candelinga, Candelina, Candelini. Yep. Oh, no, that's that is nice. exactly right, <laughs> yeah. yes. And it, I've got here the story told of a Vord who escaped yeah. from the planet Marinus after the defeat by the first Doctor, who then attempted to enslave a mutant race of fish people on their new planet, but was stopped by the first Doctor. That's it, yeah. The Doctor, sort of, he, he estimates that this is millions of years after uh, Keys of Marinus. Um, ah, right. But he might be pulling that up his ass. we don't know. <laughs> um, also... The same year that uh, uh, this story came out, the Vord appeared in a series of candy cigarette cards. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And it told a story of, in which the Vord were defeated by the Daleks. Yeah, that would have been a good one on telly, wouldn't it? Yeah. Vord yeah. versus Dalek. Have you got the target book of the Keys of Marinus? Uh, I don't think I have. I got. I when I moved house, um, I sold off all my targets. I've gradually got a few back. I don't think I've got Keys of Man. This is one I need to pick up. You found that See my photo recently, yesterday yeah. from Hastings, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you're what? ever in Hastings, there is a, yeah. a t- ton of them just stacked up. What were they up. going for? Uh, two pounds. Oh, right. Two pounds bad, each. I, I, I only had a couple of quid on me, uh, so I bought um, Frontier in Space, oh, which is yes, called The one. War in Space. Yes. So, it's a good, yeah. good book, actually. It's a good read. Malcolm Hawk, that one. Well, yes, it is, and what, oh, you do know your hey. stuff, don't you? I thought what we'll do is when we get to uh, target novelizations of certain adversaries that we do, yep. we'll just read out what it, the description of them is yeah. like in the book to yeah, see, if it matches, see if it matches. You know, yeah. so that's future research for me. Yeah, um, yeah, this one, the the adaptation of Keys of Marinus, it was called Doctor Who and the Keys of Marinus from 1980. And that was written by Philip Hinchcliffe. That's right. Yeah, who was uh, he was an ex-producer of Tom Baker's. He was, Doctor and a very good one yeah, as well. Very, very, very good, good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Vord later appeared in the comic strip, The World Shapers. Have you yes, read this one? I have. Yeah, it's a really good comic strip. Um, I could, it's not only the Return of the Vord; it's the Return of the Cybermen and the Return of Jamie. Yep. And yeah. it's, isn't it? Uh, that's John Ridgeway. It artist. is, yeah, lovely, lovely yeah. John Ridgway. And I think it's a Grant Morrison story. Yes. yes, yeah. I think they were they they said they were inspired by um, the annual the annual story, um, right? And in, yes, I don't, I'm not quite sure how that inspired them, having read it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a superb comic strip. It's really well. It's good. Grant Morrison, yeah. and Grant Morrison, he, he, I know he, he he's the same age as us, and he yeah. grew up on Doctor Who. Yeah. And he knows his it's re- stuff. It's really weird that. On television, Colin Baker's Doctor, the stories were were okay, some some bit mediocre, okay, but the during Colin Baker's era, the comic strips in Doctor Who magazine were superb, absolutely, and it was all. I think it was the combination of of Grant Morrison and John Ridgway's amazing artwork. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts yeah. on Frobisher, though? I love Frobisher. I think you it was like a Frobisher. really good companion. Oh. Yeah, because it 
it sort of it was silly, but it made sense. He was a shapeshifter, and he he stuck as a shall, penguin. I was yeah. going to say, shall we explain yeah. to the listener who yes. Fre- Frobisher is? Yes. Yeah, so he, he's a he talking a, penguin. Yeah, he was a, a whiffadil, I think, which was a a, a shapeshifting creature, and he decided to stick as a talking penguin. Um, which is as bizarre as it sounds, but it, it in comic strip form it works really well. Yeah, you can do um, anything in a yeah, comic. Yeah, you can do anything you? in a comic. I'd love to see Frobisher return in the TV show. <laughs> that would or be just a, just, yeah, just in the background penguin. somewhere. Yeah. Doctor, it's when, me. Yeah, when there's a montage or something. Yeah, yes. I, I yeah. think I love I love um, John Ridgeway's artwork, his portrayal of the Sixth Doctor. I'm lucky enough to own that that lovely splash page he did for oh, my you story. Do, yeah, don't you? yeah. Um, I'd never part it's just oh I love it. But I think his 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 artwork suited the Six Doctor so well. And it's it's really have you ever read the World Shapers? It's such a good No, story. no, no, I've got to track it down because yeah. this idea that, you know, the the Vord yeah. are evolving into the Cybermen and he, and the Doctor tells the Time Lords but they refuse to intervene. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's really well written. Um and like I say it's it, it's the return at it, Jamie is returns and when uh, he was returned by the Time Lords to his own time, they wiped his mind, but it failed, so he actually kept all his memories of his time as Doctor, and no one believed him, so he was shunned, and he led a, an absolutely abysmal, sad life um, until he was like in his 60s, and that's when Colin Baker's Doctor turns up. And, of course, Colin Baker's Doctor knew, had met Jamie before mm-hmm. in the two Doctors, uh, and it was just... I, I can't remember whether Jamie dies at the end of it. I got a feeling he might... But it's so poignant that his, because he was doubting himself as well, and it's, you know, it's all true. All his memories are true. He's not gone mad. Um, right. And add to that, like, say, yeah, the origin of Cybermen, the return of the Vord. It's like that comic strip's got everything. Do you know? Is it is it yeah. uh, in a graphic novel? I I don't. I know they've novel? they've released most of these. Uh, in graphic novel form. I mean, some of the graphic novels are actually now rarer than ju- if you just bought the magazine. Because right. the, ma- the Doctor Who magazines are quite easy to get hold of. Um, I'm not sure whether that's in graphic novel. I've no, actually, I'll, ha- I'll have to yeah, look into it. I did have that run of of, of uh, magazines somewhere. I don't know where I kept them. It might be in the attic. Hmm. Oh, I'm I'll sure it's online. That. Someone must have compiled it online. I yeah. Um, it, it says here, in 2014, the Vord appeared in a big Finnish audio drama called Domain of the Vord. Have you heard no, of that No, I've one? not. I've not. I've, I've got... I've got loads of the uh, big finish, and I've not listened to a lot of them on the Doc Two ones. I really should get round to it to listening to them. I think this um, one would be quite yeah. good because you've I got William so, yeah. Russell and yeah. Carol and Ford on, on it. Yeah, so I might uh, see if I got that, and if not, I might track it down. Yeah, the next Doctor uh, uh, comic appearance of the Ford seems very, very busy. It, it's um, called the Four Doctors. Have you read that one? Four Doctors. The Four Doctors. It doesn't ring a bell. It what, says here... What um, um, Well, you've got the 12th, 11th and 10th Doctors. So 10, oh, right. 11 and 12. No, I I sort of gave up reading um, Doctor Who magazine for a long while. I'm back into reading it. Um, yeah, I only flick through it in Smith's yeah. And, yeah. and if it looks like it's worthwhile. there's a, it, my, my, my rule is if there's two articles, I'll buy it that yeah. I want to read. You know, but I fair. very rarely read the comic. No, um, I, I'm not a great fan of the comics now because they they seem to have gone the same way as the TV show in that it's all 
splash pages and and action and i i yeah. much prefer the you know where there's more word count than picture <laughs> yeah you know, yeah i i'm sure they're really good but i don't i don't read them anymore no well look, the synopsis for this four doctors is that the the Vord evolved during the Time War, and right. they fought alongside the War Doctor against the Daleks. Correct. Right. Sounds after the war, yeah. Then it says after the war, they attempted to retain their new advanced capabilities, which include a hive consciousness and the ability to absorb anyone into the Vord Collective. That's Borg. That's, That's the Borg. Vord. That's not the Vord. Yeah. The Borg. And the Vord Borgy yeah, and then, Borgy. Yeah, someone's yeah. yeah. They remove themselves and Marinus into a pocket dimension, erasing all memory of Marinus from the universe, including the Doctors. Ally in with an alternative reality version of the Twelfth Doctor, who became villainous after being betrayed by Clara Oswald. The Vord were eventually defeated by the earlier Twelfth Doctor, along with the Tenth and Eleventh Doctors. Oh God, it sounds busy. It sounds like very so, busy, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and then there's a novel called No Future. And it's set uh, during yes. a time. Paul you got Cornell, that? Is that? Is that Paul Cornell? I haven't got the no. the author. Yeah, it's it. got, yeah, that's a good novel. Yeah, it, the meddling monk is in that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've got that somewhere. Uh, I've actually got that. Okay. Yeah. And and they're talking about uh, a comic called Doctor Who and the Daleks. That was, uh, I'm assuming that's up from one of the annuals. Uh, because it says on Marinus, the Daleks and the Vord were fighting one another when the Daleks learned that the Vord knew of a mushroom known as the Great Power that granted superhuman abilities. I, that does not ring a bell. That, that sounds like a, a TV comic style of. I didn't think mm. they had the rights to the Vord. I don't know. Mm. I'll have to look into that. And we've got an audio book called Beachhead, where a Vord ship crashes on a beach in Stegmore during the mid 20th century. No? No, that doesn't that. ring a bell. Okay. Call ourselves friends. Uh, yeah, it's an Eighth Doctor story. Yeah. Set, uh, it, it's almost impossible to collect everything now, isn't it? So much. I'm so surprised mm. the Vorder in so much, yeah. you know. Uh, there's another comic called Bizarre Adventures. Bizarre as in a bazaar that you visit. Um, a Vord was imprisoned by the Vorax as a slave in a ship above Franco Bazaar and joined the uprising led by the ice warrior Araxus. Ah, that doesn't ring a bell. That sounds like a backup comic somewhere, you know, in these mm. new Doctor Monthly. Yeah. And then there's a, a novel, a Seventh Doctor, an Ace novel, um, featuring the, the, the Vord as well. It's I didn't prime realize, time. Yeah, prime time. I've, I've, I've heard of it. I've not read that one. Um, I didn't realise there were so many novels. I didn't realise there were yeah. so many comics. Yeah. I don't think I've I ever read a, a yeah. comic with a Vord in it. Well, you need to get out more, don't you? Well, I used to get the monthly yeah. until it got uh, too expensive, um, but I don't remember reading. Or maybe I did. Don't remember. Uh, last bit about um, um, there's an eagle moss figure of the yes, board. Yep. Have you got that? I do haven't. You, no. Do you collect the eagle moss figures? I do. I I don't collect them every issue because there's like three billion of them. So I've got like all the doctors, loads of uh, of villains. I repaint them. I paint. I, that's what I do. Channel. Don't you get them in your mystery box? Because you have uh, yes. a Doctor Who mystery yeah, box. Yeah, the, the Amazing Mystery Box tends to have an Eagle Moss figure in most times. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I've got them in my cabinet. I can I do a picture and you can put it on when this comes out. Um, yeah. I do like the Eagle Moss. I would like the Vord one because um, it is a nice... Eagle Moss... Uh, a bit yeah. of dark grey dry exactly. brushing on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the figures that they do the worst 
although they're great sculpts of like the doctors or actual human characters because the paintwork is so sloppy yeah, but they're lovely to repaint yes yeah but, like and some you of do this, it on your yeah, youtube channel i do yeah don't my you? youtube channel um yeah, i'll put a link on facebook oh, if you want to see you. ian's yes. uh, work it will be on quite facebook a, quite yes. a bit of doctor who content on there to be honest predominantly Doctor yeah, Who yeah. Do- Doctor Who Star Trek um, yeah that's pretty much it these days yeah 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 I, I'm, I, yes I'm, I think I'll have to get one yeah. at some point alright uh, we've, got, we've got three more little categories because we like our tally lists and we stuff do, yeah. like that don't we on, on our other shows we've got three the first one um, doesn't apply here I thought it'd be nice as, as we go through and, and do this show try and pin down a chronology of time-wise on earth right right? so if something is specifically set in 73 we'll put that down if it's 81 or the 70s or the 80s and build up just how busy (laughs) the earth is with earth invasions and stuff you know um yeah this is we we don't know when this is taking place it could be the far we don't know when and it's definitely not on earth so we can't include it on this no it could could be a long time ago in a galaxy far far away couldn't it it could very well or the next next AD. yes indeed the next two um it's a little tally that we're going to build up and uh, I need your votes out of 10 yes. on these two things, alright? Well, luckily uh, you forewarned fir- me on this, so could I have a yes. break well, yeah, yeah, I, I gave you at least an hour to think yes. about this, because what we'll do is we'll both vote out of 10 and then we'll combine and get an average right? right. And then we'll just build up a, a, a tally right? So the first mm-hmm. category is your, your rating out of 10 on its, the actual design of the board well, a 5 yeah. being average yeah. you know and a 10 being I don't know whatever is your favourite Doctor Who design so. yeah I don't know what the 10 would be Avenger the Cybermen Cyberman with flared trousers perhaps not um, so on this one I love the design of the board I think it's, it's very simple but it works and I love the fact that they're so so black you can't really make out any details they're like a they're, they're, they're like a black pool of, of evil um, so I'm going to go uh, six and a half on these I've we gone higher than you yeah. Yeah, so, yes of course you are yeah. I've gone higher than you Ooh, I wow. thought from everything that you were saying yeah. I thought you were going to go um, higher than me well, I, I, I put a seven. All right. Well, I didn't want to go to. I might change mine to a seven then to match yours. I didn't want to go too high because this is the first one. So I, I have a terrible history, on effectively speaking, of I, I rate everything a ten, mm. <laughs> and I, yes. I thought let's start sensible. So yeah, I thought, yeah, I, I'll go for a seven, and you're right. All yeah, right, you're going for seven. a seven as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, the, the flippers let it down. Yes, but, uh, but but they are yeah, meant. Yeah. To, I mean, if they are meant to be swimming suits, they are aquatic yeah, suits. Yeah, you aren't sort they? of go. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but right, take okay. them off, lads. Take them off on the beach. <laughs> All right. So, so the first first category yeah. is design rating, and we decided the boards earn a, yep. a seven out of ten. The second one is the effectiveness. How well is as it being filmed? How well are they represented on screen? Um, I I I think they're. They're not as well representative as they they could be, and I think that's down to the way they used to film. I say that you couldn't have particularly dark shots, and the when when you see uh, Yartek with his white terry toweling robe on, yes, it's not yeah. good. So I, I've given it a middle of the road five on that one. Well, I've, I repeat everything that you've just said, but I'm more harsh. I gave it a three. Oh wow, that is low. Because yeah, I mean they are they, they do look great. But I don't know, it's the way they're, they're photographed, the way that they're hiding in plain sight, the yeah. whole silly, you know, p- 
put the the, the hood up sort of thing. Yes. So, yeah. so, the, so uh, uh, I don't know what you're going to do when we get to the Zabi, dear God. There'll be a minus figures. <laughs> or the uh, fish people in the underwater yeah. menace. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, that's not going to be your choice, is it? Well, it's your choice. I've got got to announce it in a minute, haven't I? So there we go. There's quite a difference. We've got a seven for the design, but only a four for the effectiveness. Do you know what? I think think that might become a staple Mm. because I think the design on most of the early creatures is wonderful. It's so imaginative and that. Um, But generally, the practicalities of working in a, a horrible little studio with no editing facilities lets them down. I wonder if there's going to be an opposite, though, where something is actually filmed so effectively it beats the constrictions of the suit oh, that it was yeah. made in. You know, good, I wonder yeah, if there is good, going to be yeah. anything. Yeah. Just try and, No, 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 no. We've got to save it yes. for where we come to things. All right, well, that's it. That's us yeah. uh, over on our pilot one. If, you, if, if anybody is out there listening, because we don't know... No, this we, could be an abject We're, we're just failure. assuming that there's somebody out there, but, you know, much in the same way that we started Blake 7 in character, not knowing if anybody was out there, even if there wasn't, we get, still get to we're talk about doing. a show we love yeah. for, uh, for a while, and today it's been an hour and a half. Yeah, and this is interesting yeah. for us, because we've known each other for years, but we've never really discussed... Not in any actual, great detail. No. no, no, not. I mean, you've been on effectively speaking, yeah. where we talked about the Green Death yes. and the giant fly, haven't you? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, we haven't really gone into great detail. We we talk about doctors, don't yes. we? Yeah. Uh, occasionally, and the guest stars of Blake Seven that were in Doctor yeah. Who, but 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 not actual specific stories in any depth. So yeah, yeah. no, it's, it is going to be fun. I think yeah. it'd be good because because I. I I'm sort of, I don't really know what eras of Doctor Who you like or what eras you don't like. So I think it'll be a good journey. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And if nothing else, well, it works as therapy for us, doesn't it? Get it out of our systems yeah. and have everybody listen. Yeah. Well, all right then. Well, okay. Here's to the next one. Um, yes. This isn't going to come out weekly like Blake 7, um, um, but uh, it, it, it'll be semi, semi-regularly. Yes. All right. It's, it's not going to be months between each one. Um, so, all right. So join us... For the next one, folks, um, yep, I've got to choose. It's going to be the second Doctor, and I had to think about it, and uh, and it's my turn to choose, and I choose the Yeti. Oh, which version? Web of Fear and Abominable Smoke oh, right. Snowman. Are you going for both? both? Patrick Trout- yeah. Troughton, yep, because they're both in the Troughton thing. Um, I know he's in the fifth Doctor, um, but but I thought second Doctor, second Doctor Yetis, all yes. right. So both stories, like you say, you've got all these on DVD. Yes. You don't yeah. you don't have to worry about um, uh, well, season, uh, second. Yeah, Abominable Snowman. Of course, there's only one episode that we can watch. Yeah, uh, but it's but got some good Yeti action in it. So there's good Yeti good. action in it, and yeah. uh, we will discuss you know the quite drastic changes yeah. in the appearance of the Yeti. And will and, will and we have to pronounce Padma Sambavar? correctly <laughs> that's your job okay, all right we'll go for that. just like kiera on, kiera. on 17. yeah there you are you didn't think you'd ever be saying I never, that i thought that, again, yeah did i didn't you? think that would happen again hey <laughs> we'll have to see if we can find another way of maybe that 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 lady appeared in she uh, might Doctor have done, and yeah. you can one of the yeti might be called that you don't know yeah yeah well it was a dad or yeah. something like that yeah all right okay well join us next time folks yeah. I, I hope you enjoyed this yeah um, hopefully let us know 
If you yeah, didn't yeah, enjoy we've it, we've waffled quite a bit. Yeah. We won't be waffling so much. I mean, we've yeah. had to get a lot out of the way because this is the first time of explaining how we stand and our views on our background on, on Doctor Who. We will be waffling each time we talk about a, new uh, a certain era, Doctor. Yes. Yeah, but that would just be that Doctor rather than the whole show history. Yes, when we come think, back so. round to Billy Bob Hartnell, we'll, um, yeah, it'll be a quicker, I think. We'll be straight Did in. you just call him Billy Bob Hartnell? <laughs> Billy Bob Hartnell. Does anybody call him Billy? That wasn't his uh, nickname on set, no, was it? I, only his best friends get to call him. No, I just... I, Billy uh, Bob. I don't know. Oh, I, dear. It's, it's, it's well past my bedtime. That's not what he, his nickname on the Gunslingers, was it? No, no, no. no. That's another good oh. story, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, Paulie next time we're round to Billy Bob, you will yeah. be choosing Billy Bob next Billy Bob. time, won't you? Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, thank you, Ian. Thank you very much. All right, let's get out of here, all right? Yes. So see let's you all next time. Let's dematerialize. Let's do it. Right. Bye. Bye.